brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show. It's the ownership and top stack edition here on Wednesday, November 11. My God, November 11, 11, 11 already midway through the month. Thanksgiving, Christmas coming up upon us. We already scheduled our Thanksgiving uh, NFL content for the week. It's going to be awesome. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, I'm Dave Lochran. With me as always, Matt Gajeski. Follow the man on Twitter at Matt underscore Gajeski and Kyle Dvorak. Follow him at, at Kyle tweets here. Myself at Lafay underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D. Go do that now before we even get started. We're happy to have you guys with us, Matt. It's November 11th already, man. How does time go so quick, quickly that we're in week 10 of the NFL season? And you know what? So far, despite some bumps in the road, we're still playing football. Man, I feel like this every single year. Week 10 rolls around and then suddenly you're like, well, we're halfway. Then we have playoffs and then the NFL's behind us already. It's like the quickest calendar cycle in the world for me, at least. But I'm happy, excited we have more games. We haven't really had too many hiccups, so that's been solid. No, no real cancellations like college football. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And Kyle, last week we had, uh, well, a full slate of games. And for many of us, it did not go according to plan. Uh, I got I got run into the ground on a number of levels. Monday night football, though, brought me back from the dead. And who would have thought that the Jets and Patriots game would have been as good as it was. We do showdown strategy shows every Monday and Thursday. And Kyle's on the showdown live before lock, I think, two of the three nights out of the week. But the highest-owned players, listen, listen to this, Kyle. Get your response here. From week nine, Dalvin Cook was 30.9% on DraftKings. He had 42.2 DraftKings points. Fantastic. But then look at the next highest-owned players. Julio Jones, 30%. Tyler Lockett, excuse me, 29%, 8 fantasy points. Chase Edmonds, 28.5%, 11 fantasy points. Justin Jackson, 27%, 0 fantasy points. 
it goes on. David Johnson, 21.7%, 1.6 fantasy points. Of course, he had the concussion, Justin Jackson, with the injury. But still, Stephon Diggs, 21%, 24 fantasy points. James Conner, 20%, 4 fantasy points. Not a week for chalk if your name wasn't Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that's the worst part is like you could have faded if you faded all the chalk you would have starting from the bottom of that list looked up and been like you're printing money but the chalkiest of the chalk Dalvin Cook just smashed and he exactly. was one of the plays he was one of the plays that I was least excited to play not because I don't think he is awesome like I think he's one of the best runners and adds probably more as a pass catcher like quite obviously more as a pass catcher than like a Derrick Henry so like I don't think he's a bad play by any means it's just that you know anytime you get a guy who a third of the field is going to play you have to weigh, you know, what is your opportunity cost? What do you gain by not playing them? Apparently you didn't gain much because he absolutely destroyed you. So, yeah, I think this is important to know that uh, even as like the collective DFS mind is quite good at picking out good plays with like Dalvin Cook being the obvious example, there are there's so much randomness, whether it be injuries to Justin Jackson and David Johnson or whether it be Chase Edmonds getting a ton of work. So like, I think like over 20 carries and get some work in the passing game just didn't score the touchdowns, didn't get the bonuses, and didn't get there. There's so much randomness, and I think that's important to remember that if we see Dalvin Cook higher priced and, you know, more expensive on coming slates, yes, of course, he has, I guess, 40-point upside plus, 50-point upside even. But the other examples of chalk should tell us what we need to, to know about finding ways to get off the chalk. For sure. And the wide receiver position tells us a lot, too. There is one wide receiver, Matt, that uh, we'll, we'll surely be spending a lot of time on today, in Devontae Adams, who is really the closest thing to a running back as you can get when it comes to guaranteed volume. But um, uh, just just talking about quickly to wrap up week nine here, since we do, which is we are an ownership and and a top stack show, this one specifically. The, the, the worst part for me was I wasn't heavy on all of this chalk, but it happened. But a lot of times when you got guys, when you have seven or eight players up north of 20 percent, almost all of your lineups are going to have at least one of these guys. Right. And it just turned out that all of my best lineups had David Johnson uh, and, and, and many of them had Chase Edmonds as well. So it was really hard to to escape that, especially if you're someone that plays not 150 lineups in just a few. Yeah, you're going to have this on a week to week basis. It's not every especially if you're just running like 10, 20, 30 lineups, even a lot of times you'll have pieces that hit and you'll have pieces that bust. And if you don't come up with that right combination, you just don't end up with the, the winning score that week. And it happens to all of us. The same thing happened to me. Like if you didn't have Dalvin cook, you basically weren't live to win tournaments. And as we're looking at ownership, I think one of the most important things to consider is just, you know, you can eat some chalk. If you play a drew lack, a drew lock, Jerry, Judy stack, it's okay to play Dalvin cook, but you need to think about your lineup as a whole, as you're building it. David, thank you for the super chat. He says for the uh, Akron pick. So Matt, I guess that goes to you. Uh, My man, uh, you got to get in the you got to get in these Tuesday night Maction streets. Me and Ben yeah, are all, do it. Me and Ben are all about it. The comment goes to you, not the ten dollars. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So is it is it Z- you're Matt Gajewski, but many people pronounce it Matt Gajewski. So is that David Zaleski or is that David Zaluski? I have no idea. Do you have the chat pulled up? I do have the chat pulled up. All right. Well, I mean, make the executive decision here. It's spelled almost identical to yours. I would say the W is silent. That is two letters off from yours. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm guessing the W is silent like it is in mine. Okay. I'm going to go with Zaleski, too. What about you, Kyle? I went to high school with Zaleski. What did you say the name was? It is spelled like Matt's, except it's Z-A-L instead of G-A-W. 
Is there a first name? Yes, David. <laughs> no, I didn't go to high school with this guy. I, I but it was Zaleski in high school, so oh, I, think I thought we're you were all... trying to figure out like nationality over here. No, that I just want to know cool. if I know if I literally knew this person. I went Silent to high school w. with a. Yeah, all I went right, to high school Silent with. W. We nailed it. I, yeah, Silent W. I went to high school with this guy, so right. no, I didn't. Well, but thanks, for, thanks for the super chat, David Zaleski. What do you guys say we jump into some ownership here? I guess Let's we do, do it. it. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, by, by the way, before we do, if you guys haven't subscribed to the channel, uh, you know, helps us greatly. It's the easiest way to help support us. Uh, and it's also good for you, right? Now, you're not just doing something for us. You'll, our videos will show up more on the suggested feed and the browse feature, uh, and we can continue to do free content. Continue to improve it, too. You know, the more subscribers we get, uh, the more eyes on the shows, the more free content we can do. And, and more importantly, the, the more we can improve the streams and the production and the quality of everything, uh, you know, all of that stuff. So it goes a long way. Hit that subscribe if you haven't done so yet. And of course, hit that thumbs up. Uh, let's try and boost these numbers today. We appreciate you guys. All right, um, Kyle, I'll kick it off with you. So we just looked at week nine. There were a lot of high-owned players that just did not come through. But like you said, the highest-owned player came through in a huge way. This week, and, and it's very early still. Many things can change. A ton of moving parts when it comes to ownership changing throughout the week leading up until Sunday. Mike Davis is projected for 45% on DraftKings. And, well, Shady's decided to price him at minimum salary. McCaffrey's not expected to practice today with that ailing shoulder. Uh, I think Davis is probably going to even come in higher than that. We have to start here. It is the big, it, that that spot looms larger than any other spot on this slate, assuming McCaffrey sits. Yeah, it doesn't look awfully likely for McCaffrey to play. The initial projection, I believe, like the first tweets that came out about him were that he was like week to week. Then it got moved to day to day. But given like the initial severity, I think we're safe to talk about it as if he's not playing this week. And if he's not, like Mike Davis averaging like double digit carries and I believe five receptions per game in the games he played without McCaffrey. And that and that doesn't even include the first game that he got about a half of work and saw nearly like 10 targets, I believe. It might have been, might have been eight. So he's filling in that McCaffrey role mostly. I don't think his like projection should be quite as high as McCaffrey because one like McCaffrey is probably better than your average running back that doesn't mean much because running backs are so dependent on their system but I think it's fair to say he's probably better than your average running back and uh, Mike Davis's targets were a little more fluky than McCaffrey's were last year so he's not obviously as good of a play but at 4,000 he's kind of the lock button in cash and I think really we're going to talk about it all week what do you do with him in tournaments I'm inclined to probably play a lot of Mike Davis and try to get different elsewhere because at 4,000, like what does he really need to do to bust your opponent's lineups? It needs to be like seven or six points because even if he only gets eight points, that's still two X and a two X at 4,000 that opens you up to like, like imagine if last week Mike Davis, like, uh, you know, Derrick Henry went off. Derrick Henry did the Christian McCaffrey thing and Dalvin Cook went in. Using Mike Davis as a salary saver, even if he scores you seven points, got you to the other two expensive running backs. And Mike Davis can do that to you this week. If Alvin Jones or Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones go off, one of the only ways to get them will be by playing Mike Davis. So he opens you up to the other great plays. So I think for me, Mike Davis, probably a guy I think I just have to eat the chalk on. If we end up getting him like over 50, 60% owned, then maybe I think the calculus changes. But usually when I look at fading the chalk, I think about ways they can bust. A like a really bad bust from Mike Davis probably still looks like six, seven, eight points. It, you know, it looks kind of like the Chase Edmonds game from last week. So for me, that says that really fading Mike Davis might not be the best way to go. I think it's about getting unique. So I think even in lineups where you're not playing Teddy Bridgewater, which I will be doing this week, 
you could even play like one. I think you can run it back with the Tampa Bay receivers to get correlation and find like more positive Mike Davis outcomes. You can also still use him as a secondary stack and play him with one of his one of his like teammate pass catching options and just say that Carolina has an overall good game. But Mike Davis rushes one and DJ Moore, for instance, catches one. They can still have correlation. So I think for me, playing Mike Davis comes down to how do you increase your correlation on Mike Davis's outcomes? One of those ways, playing Tampa Bay. Another way, playing the Carolina guys. I think Teddy Bridgewater even could throw a touchdown to Mike Davis. He was averaging about a third of a touchdown per game in his starts just through the air alone. So I think if you're playing Mike Davis, which I'm inclined to do at this point because of his like stone cold zero price, you know, the minimum now 4K, I think it's about increasing correlation. Okay. I, I think, Matt, the – I agree with Kyle on most fronts. I will say, though, if he finishes with like six, seven, eight fantasy points, you're fucked when it comes to the top of tournaments. I still don't think you get, I still don't think, you know, in, in today's age of football, especially with how low scoring tight ends have been. And, and again, a lot of this is anecdotal. I haven't dug into how many guys have won tournaments with like a seven or eight from running backs this year, but I have to imagine it's low. Uh, but at the same time, he's minimum salary. And I'm not necessarily sure how you get away from that. I think you have to really consider the size of your field in tournaments. Anything small, you're, I think you're just locking him and playing him, like Kyle said. As we get to larger field tournaments, we've seen plenty of running backs bust at this price over the years. Last year, I remember there was a big Malcolm Brown week where he was the mid and he ended up mm-hmm. busting. And he was fine. I mean, if you played him in cash, everybody had him, so he didn't necessarily hurt you. Small field, same reason, didn't hurt you. But in large field, you were absolutely dead. So I think there is some merit to consider fading him. I think what to see who shakes out is some of the best options in the range. One reason I think you could potentially look to fading him is it'll lead you to a different roster construction. But again, I'm not trying to go against Kyle's point. I think this is saved for only the largest of fields. Yeah. And that's, that's a good distinction there. If you're talking like single entry and three max, you probably could take, I mean, some of these three max and single entry contests are huge to be fair. Like some of them are, are really big. There was a $50. Yeah. Sing- single entry the other day where, you know, like 200,000 to first. So I, I, there are distinctions there. It is about field size. You're right. I think that's a big mistake people make too. They think because it's single entry, they, they think that, okay, I can eat chalk because it's single entry. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's entirely dependent on field size. Like single entry has nothing exactly. to do with it. Exactly. If you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, we're on the same page. Look at the $12 single entry. And I love playing those contests each week. Like I still appreciate the fact that, you know, there's one entry and you're putting in the best thing you can think of, but you're right. You're not putting, there was a time back like 2014 where in these single entry contests, you'd put a cash lineup into it. Not even kidding. You know, you put your cash lineup with one distinction, one, one different, you know, one different spot. Nowadays you still have to be different. You're absolutely right. Um, Matt, what are, what are your thoughts if you take a look at some of the other guys at running back? We we dove into Mike Davis quite a bit, and I don't think we need to go much further. He's going to be very popular, and for good reason if he starts. We know the volume should be there. Aaron Jones is another one, though. Uh, we did the first look show yesterday. We do the strategy show every day of the week, by the way, guys. It's 11 Eastern. Uh, and then these guys do on Thursday a really good fan duel strategy show in the afternoon. Is it 2 o'clock Eastern? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out as well. But Aaron Jones, so I I jumped off the page at me yesterday and I know he's going to be popular, but it's, it's just another spot, Matt, that I have a very tough time getting away from. Even if Lazard comes back, um, 
feels like a smash spot for, for Aaron Jones. But you tell me, are you willing to get away from this? You want to come in around the field or you want to come in overweight? What are you thinking here against the Jags? Yeah, Jones stood out to me too. I mean, they're near touchdown favorites. I know that line has actually swung in Jacksonville's favor a little bit. It opened at 14. I believe it's sitting at 12 and a half right now. Either way, they're huge favorites, which game script bodes well for Aaron Jones. He didn't really show any ill effects of his injury in last week's game. It was a fairly difficult matchup against San Francisco, but he still handled 20 touches in that game. Very active as a pass catcher, even if game script does get flipped for Aaron Jones. And then I think he's just flat out mispriced given the Jacksonville defense, given the game script he's projected to face. And now you add in the fact that we can get Mike Davis in here and Aaron Jones projects to be one of the highest on backs on the slate. I think it's, again, if you want to get away from him, it's more of that game theory question. Right. And Kyle. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. At running back, you don't have Dalvin Cook on this slate. You're likely not going to have Alvin Kamara, right? I don't think he's expected to play. So, or I'm uh, sorry, Christian McCaffrey. I'm sorry. Uh, I was uh, reading Alvin Kamara. Not, I, I was the same thing. I was like, oh my God, what is going on? I'm not prepared. <laughs> You're not expecting to have Christian McCaffrey, which leaves you with Alvin Kamara at 8,200 using DraftKings price. And then it drops to Aaron Jones. This is, we haven't seen this in a while at 7,100. So there's one player in the 8Ks. There's one in the 7K range. And then everything else is 6,900 or lower. Yeah, it's really weird. I think it could, especially because we're seeing the chalk on, on like on those two guys. If it weren't that case where like people weren't willing to pay up for Alvin Kamara, I don't know why you wouldn't be, but if that were the case, then maybe you would see a lot of different ways to build rosters. I think we're going to see a very obvious roster construction. So maybe another way that I talk about that you could play Mike Davis is to pay up at wide receiver and play Mike Davis with another cheap running back and don't even play a third running back in tournaments specifically is that if everyone is going to, not everyone, but like, you know, a large portion of the field is going to be using the identical roster construction of Mike Davis and double expensive and the two same double expensive running backs. I'm fine with getting off of like, I, I probably, I would probably actually make sure I don't play this specific trio of Davis, Jones, Kamara, and like any of my main lineups, because I simply think that once you do that, not only have you locked in a lot of chalk, but you have guaranteed yourself like an identical roster construction to the most popular lineup or the most popular group of lineups. So I think the way to approach this is it's fine to play some chalk. Like, you know, I'm just parroting what Matt said. It's fine to play some chalk. It's about looking at your roster as a whole. Using the Mike Davis key to get up to Jones Kamara is the way to, I, I don't think is the way to play chalk. I think there are different ways to play similar like amounts of chalk, but even just the roster construction would be so much different. So I am totally willing to get off of, especially like the grouping of all three of these guys. I think Aaron Jones, maybe, I don't know. I think Aaron Jones may be me my fade out of these guys because he, I would say, has probably the best chance of another player on his team absolutely going off outside of Kamara, like Michael Thomas, obviously. And that's about it for me. I know we saw a bunch of guys score touchdowns that we had hardly ever heard of in the last time we saw them play. But I do think Kamara's market share numbers would probably be a bit higher than Jones, and he's going to be slightly lower owned. So if there's one guy I'm probably moving off of, it would be Jones just because I could see like an Alan Lazard or Marquez Valdez-Scantling catching one or two long passes, going for touchdowns and killing the Jones lineups. Outside of Michael Thomas, I don't think the the Saints really have that type of player. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I, the tough thing there is that if it's an Aaron Jones game, it's a four-touchdown Aaron Jones game. You know what I mean? It we, is. That, that's the tough part. And it's a catch-22 because – It's, it's the Dalvin great. Cook corollary. What's that? It's the Dalvin Cook thing where if it's exactly. a Dalvin Cook week, oh, baby, is it a Dalvin Cook Exactly, week? yeah. Uh, and we've seen Aaron Jones just get so much work at the goal line. But yeah. you're right. There are there are other ways to make that happen. Um, Matt, uh, Kyle's talking about, you know, not maybe wanting to have all three of those guys in the same lineup, which I do think makes quite a bit of sense. And you do have someone like Miles Sanders uh, expected to return, 13%. James Conner coming off a brutally disappointing game. I really liked Conner last week. Didn't think as 15-point favorites they'd be playing behind from two touchdowns, but what can you do? Uh, We'll take the L on that one. He's at 12% at home against Cincinnati. Uh, I'm just throwing a couple of of other alternatives out there uh, in that 6K all the way down to the 6,300 range. How do you approach something like this now that we have ownership in front of us? I love this range, particularly on a slate like this. And maybe it's not the fact that, you know, you pivot away from Mike Davis. Maybe it's like what Kyle said. You take a couple of cheap backs and you have Mike Davis in your lineup and it leads you to a naturally different roster construction. Anytime we see a guy like Chase Edmonds, and now this is assuming Kenyon Drake sits again, completely bust on his volume, like just absolutely ridiculous volume, 25 carries, three targets. And he had a horrible game. I'm going right back to this guy every single time. Yeah, I, I'm 100% okay with that. Uh, and it's something that volume is volume is king, Kyle. And sometimes, you know, look, some volume is better than other volume. There's no denying that, <laughs> right? Offensive line, uh, just overall ability as a team. Like, look at Ezekiel Elliott. Even with volume right now, when he gets it, if he gets it, he's struggling uh, to manufacture anything. But Chase Edmonds is at least on a good team. Now, could he be vultured by Kyler Murray uh, to goal line or just as a rusher? Sure. Murray's been rushing like last year's uh, Lamar Jackson almost. But um, talk to me about this 6K range here because I think there are a bunch of guys that we wouldn't necessarily classify as low-owned pivots, but they could certainly be pivots off of a couple of the guys up top who are garnering 25-plus percent ownership for Week 10. Yeah, not a, not all volume is created equal. David Montgomery enters the chat. Yep. <laughs> like uh, that would be him and Zeke now. Him and Zeke now kind of are the guys who just get so much work and you just have to look at it and be like, I don't care. I just can't do it. So I think Chase Edmonds is probably the best one. Like Matt called it out. Volume is king. And this is good volume. Like this outside of the Kyler Murray, like stealing potential is a great game, the game that we should be targeting. And it could give you some leverage off the Kyler Murray lineups. So I think Chase Edmonds is probably the best in this group. Assuming Joe Mixon comes back, like I'm fine playing three down workhorse Joe Mixon, like into the shredder that is the Pittsburgh defense. Like I don't think any defense is completely unbeatable. Like Dallas of all teams, Dallas showed us that no defense is unbeatable. It was freaking the Dallas Cowboys with their fourth string quarterback actually looked okay against Pittsburgh. So although the Pittsburgh defense, undoubtedly one of the best in the league, I think on an individual sample, it is so difficult to predict what that actually means. So assuming Joe Mixon is back 6,100 for like, for a guy who gets as much, if not more work than an Aaron Jones, than like, you know, James Robinson, he's right up there with those guys, but he's going to be cheaper and lower owned. I think every time, like every time Joe Mixon comes in cheap and low owned, you just keep playing him because sort of like when Dalvin Cook was coming back from injury or Aaron Jones is coming back from injury, these guys just get overlooked despite having incredible volume. And I get it. The matchup is difficult. I simply don't care. I don't care either. I really don't. Um, any other low-owned guys here, Matt, that, that we think are, are in play? Uh, I'll just throw a couple at you guys. 
and then feel free to run with your own. The, now, once you get this low, there's going to be volatility. Like, understand that these are not locks by any stretch. But um, I do think the Tampa Bay game or the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to go highly on their own because there's just a lot of mouths to feed on that team. If you're willing to, you know, throw a dart, someone's going to score. I anticipate Tom Brady. And yes, I'm, I'm going a bit narrative here. I never do it. Forgive me. Uh, I think Tom Brady comes back against Carolina and blows their doors off. Uh, that was an embarrassing, embarrassing game for one of the all-time greats. And fortunately, I don't need a narrative to know that Carolina's run defense is simply dreadful. So Ronald Jones is cheap, 1% ownership. I could see this being a spot where he gets the ball early. We usually see that Ronald Jones gets it early. Uh, and depending on what he does, we'll see how much work he gets over Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones is very cheap. Uh, very low on, I think there's an ownership discount there for sure. And then uh, J.D. McKissick, as 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 ugly as this seems, uh, I tweeted yesterday that he's been targeted on 35% of Alex Smith's pass attempts when he's been under center this season, opposed from Ky- uh, other than Kyle Allen. And he, he ran a season high in routes last week. He played a season high 83% of snaps. He hadn't played 60 or even more percent of snaps prior to that. Uh, he's $4,900. He's getting less than 1% ownership. Uh, you know, look, he's running a lot of slot routes. He's 49. Are there some concerns there? Yes. But in a PPR format, uh, I think McKissick could give you pretty good numbers. If he gets to the end zone and you get like a six for 70 or seven for 70 and a touchdown, you're feeling really great about that price point. What about you, Matt? Any low owned guys here that are cheaper down the, uh, or really just low on the light? Yeah, I don't think it's a week where I want to get too crazy with ownership, but one guy who's coming in below 5% is Kareem Hunt, who routinely disappoints. I never thought Kareem Hunt would need Nick Chubb to actually be an efficient DFS play, but it sure seems that way at this point. But Kareem Hunt this week, he finds himself against Houston. They're allowing the most yards per attempt in the NFL. That game is quietly totaled above 50 points. So again, sets up pretty well for Kareem Hunt, but people seem to be a little bit sick of him. What about you, Kyle? So in the same game, I I saw just now that David Johnson is not expected to practice today. We'll need to clear concussion protocol if he doesn't. Like, I thought Duke Johnson, I guess, like, he got priced up to 5K, which is not like the the Mike Davis 4K minimum. But Duke Johnson at 5K is going to be a three-down back, it it seems like. I know teams are so incredibly reticent to use him in that role, despite the fact that, like, in college, he profiled as a guy who could be, like, like he was a short, thick three down back in college. So I think Duke Johnson at 5K is going to get almost the entirety of both the receptions out of the backfield and the carries, which that's what he did as soon as David Johnson went down. Right now we have him under 5%. I would have thought, and I still would bet the over on like, you know, 3%, which is even lower than what we have him. But if this comes even anywhere close to 5%, he is going to be, we talked about it, this is a sneaky game. His team can put up points and he's going to be the primary and maybe even secondary runner for this team. So I think Duke Johnson at 5K is simply just people not reading the the room correctly on his role. I'm with you. He's on my list as well. I had Jones, I had McKissick, and I had Duke Johnson if David Johnson sits. And he's not practicing today. Uh, I think it was Ian Rappaport that said it usually doesn't – usually that's not a good sign if, if, if someone in concussion protocol isn't practicing midweek. So uh, I like that call for sure, Kyle. And this game, like you said, could see a sneaky uh, high amount of points. Because Cleveland has found ways to score. 
Uh, and against Houston's defense, which really shouldn't scare any of us, there's no doubt that we could see big performances. And Duke Johnson specifically is someone, as you pointed out, he's going to be out on the field on third down. So even if, say, the game gets away from them, could he see five, six, seven targets playing from behind? No doubt about it. All right, um, Matt, what do we say about wide receiver here? Right now, the highest projected owned player, Devontae Adams at $9,000. Man, I know the volume is a virtual lock, or at least it was without Alan Lazard. I still think it'll be pretty consistent. But, man, that is a really, really pricey uh, pricey salary for, for anyone, especially a wide receiver. Yeah, fortunately, we're not really working with salary restrictions this week, so you can play whoever you want within reason. And if Devonta Adams, the guy you want to play, all you do is lock in Mike Davis. You play maybe, maybe a Duke Johnson, if he's available. And then suddenly you're rolling Devonta Adams, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, and then your two punts. But to speak to Devonta Adams, if we don't get some of these punts, he's still a fantastic play. Literally every game he's been healthy. He's had at least 10 targets. And I mean, 12 targets back to back week, 16 targets, the game before that, the dude is just, he's playing the Michael Thomas role of 2019. Do you really not think we're working with salary restrictions just because Mike Davis is so cheap? No, I'm exaggerating, but you get what I'm saying. Like, because Mike Davis is going to be so owned and his salary is so cheap, it's going to make the other expensive players even more owned than normal. Like Devontae Adams, sure. if if we didn't have Mike Davis, maybe he comes in like 20% owned just because you you when you play him, he has significant salary restrictions on the rest of your cap. With Mike Davis, at least that's mitigated a little bit. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's a fair point. Still a lot of money, Kyle. And if he's going to be around 30%, uh, do you want to get there? Like, would I like to get there? Yes. But I think his his price is so – it's not so untenable because, uh, like, you know, Matt was saying he's, he's speaking in a bit of hyperbole. But this is probably probably the slate with the least salary restrictions. Like, I think Mike Davis at 4K, there hasn't been a lock to this level at any point this season, I don't believe, because we, so, we can so – be so sure that he is going to play this three down role at 4k that I don't think there's a better lock of the season essentially. So if there was a slate where you could argue we're not playing the salary restrictions, it would absolutely be this one. But that being said, I still think you could mix in instead of playing a Devonte Adams, you could mix in like you can now play quite easily your like Russell Wilson stacks or Russell Wilson stacks don't actually limit you anymore if you're playing Mike Davis. So I think I'll probably still be moving away from Devonte Adams because there is absolutely a you know nine catch 90 yard and a touchdown game where at 9k like that what is that like a 30th percentile outcome a 40th percentile outcome which is insane to think for a player who is just like so like man to have that as your like lower range of outcomes is awesome but that is definitely in the range of outcomes where he scores 17 18 points and at 9k that sounds like a good performance but that is not a tournament winning performance and it's not that close so i think because his salary necessitates a blow-up game and anything can happen with wide receivers albeit his volume sort of limits the bottom range of outcomes even if he just hits a middling outcome that could really kill the lineups that play Devonte adams so i will probably be looking to get away and this is maybe a slate more so than others where you can afford to play other expensive stacks and get some leverage off of them, you know, like your DK Metcalf, even like your Metcalf Russell Wilson stacks, which like last week seemed so difficult to get to. And obviously the Metcalf half, like it didn't really get you there. And there are games where he has not come up with monster yardage totals, like against Minnesota, he just happened to have three touchdowns yeah. to go along with his 53 yards uh, and seven receptions. I mean, there's no question that he's the most reliable fantasy receiver out there. And I don't think any of us are saying otherwise, but um, yes, 30 plus DraftKings points is not a lot ever and we know that like i think a lot of people would have said yeah 
Julio Jones with the amount of points Atlanta scored against Denver with no Calvin Ridley. How did he only have 16 fantasy points? Well, he did it because there were a bunch of other players that just happened to catch touchdowns. And uh, you know what? That's possible no matter what team you're on. Yeah, you, that's that's the thing is any, like anything is possible. Olamide Zacchaeus can come up with huge games. Like Christian Blake can do Brandon that. Brandon Powell, <laughs> like their punt returner. He's their punt returner. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I, I think you've nailed it. I think you've nailed it there. That there's just so much randomness that like the downside for Devonte Adams is just as real, despite the fact that his volume is great. But the upside, if you're not playing him, is that he does bust at 9K and just destroys people's lineups. That would kill lineups. Matt, what about the other guys here? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Outside of Adam, Stefan Diggs, he's been pretty solid, man. Uh, he, the connection between him and Josh. Uh, Josh Allen is certainly taken off this season and uh, John Brown coming two yards shy of the hundred yard mark last week. And that win over Seattle, Deandre Hopkins at 20% Tyler Lockett still getting some attention. He's around 18% right now. And then Keenan Allen at 16.5. And the last one I'll throw at you, cause I don't want to go all the way down the list. DJ Moore continuing to get some love here, despite you know the complete lack of production that we've seen. He went three straight games with 95 or 93 yards exactly, uh, and then he has been dead quiet over the last two. So what are your thoughts on these other guys projected for some ownership right now? Yeah, ownership's really interesting at wide receiver. We don't really even see a lot of guys in the minimum price range. Well, I guess I should say mid-price range. Uh, you don't need to go to minimum at wide receiver this week. So DJ Moore comes in as our sixth most owned receiver. He's the only one below 6.5K. I think we are still seeing love for DJ Moore. Is It's because DraftKings and FanDuel are doing, a well, DraftKings specifically is doing a decent job pricing him. As Robbie Anderson continues to move ahead, their prices continue to diverge. And it's a good offense. So people want to get pieces of it. DJ Moore is just the t- cheaper option there. We know he has upside, so I'm okay going with him. As far as ownership goes, when we have DJ Moore more owned than Robbie Anderson, I'll typically just pivot down to Anderson. It's similar to the Lockett Metcalf situation, which seems to have separated itself a little bit more. And that's pretty direct of a parallel there. You see Lockett coming in with more ownership than Metcalf. When these situations are flipped, even though the prices are starting to diverge, I'll usually just take the lower owned player. Okay. Man, there's a lot of talk about uh, Mike Davis and, you know, people saying he's he's in play, he's not in play, you shouldn't do it. He's um, in play. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's in yeah. play. Well, I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm so, let, me, let me rephrase that. He's a lock play or you shouldn't do it is, is what I meant to say. Oh. Uh, I think this Mike Davis guy might be in play, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, though, 
Like even in those games where he didn't perform particularly well with Christian McCaffrey out, uh, and and you heard me say it. I, I said this on all week that I don't care what they're saying about Christian McCaffrey splitting reps. Mike Davis struggling over those last two weeks, getting McCaffrey back with that contract. He was gonna take over, but Mike Davis still was playing eighty five percent of snaps in those games that Christian McCaffrey was out, even in the ones he struggled. So you get a guy at minimum salary that is on the field that much, you know. Although, man, I hate that running matchup against Tampa Bay. I really do, Kyle. But uh, what else are you doing at wide receiver here? We can talk some pivots in a minute. Yeah, I think Keenan Allen is sort of your arbitrage Devontae Adams. Like, I mean, his team is throwing touchdowns at, I think, like a top five or ten rate, throwing yards at a crazy rate. And he is seeing over 12 targets a game. I think it's 12.7 targets per game if you throw out the one game that he basically played a drive and left with back spasms in the games Justin Herbert has played. Like, he is not really that like there's not much of a difference from him and Devonte adams outside of the touchdown scoring like and the blow-up games there hasn't been like this massive 180 yard game for keenan allen or something his volume says that is in the range of outcomes and his quarterback says that, that is certainly in the range of outcomes the way justin herbert has been playing like i get the miami matchup is actually sort of a, a modestly difficult one i feel like top 10 in defensive dvoa again i don't really care like they're fine i get it they're a decent defense but Justin Herbert, the way he's been playing, defenses won't matter for a guy like Justin Herbert if he continues to do what he's doing. So I think if you want to buy Devontae Adams level volume or at least as close as you're going to get, like Keenan Allen is the cheapest way to do that. There are really only a few guys like it's potentially Michael Thomas is definitely DeAndre Hopkins and definitely Devontae Adams. Keenan Allen deserves to be in that conversation for the most used wide receivers in the league by a pretty distinct margin. He's in tier one and it's not that close. 7,100 and reasonable ownership. He's still going to be popular because people see that ownership, but is he going to be even close to as popular as Devontae Adams? It doesn't seem like it. And he's going to get similar volume. I get the matchup was far worse than, you know, versus Jacksonville. And I get like, we're going to get a lot of touchdown equity from Devontae Adams. I think people underestimate just how much blow up potential Keenan Allen has because of the volume he's seeing. So I think Keenan Allen, like, I guess he qualifies as a pivot, which we'll get into, but he's also pretty highly owned. And I don't care. I think Keenan Allen is the best way to buy volume at high but still capped modest ownership and, and still a good price he should be i think the number two or at most number three price receiver okay yeah like with the consistency that he's seen and and justin herbert's su- surprise you know performance here to start his rookie campaign there's no doubt about it what about guys like cooper cup and, and robert woods coming in with single digit ownership right now matt uh in a game that has a monster total really against the seattle defense that has been uh, ungodly bad. I think it was Sal yesterday on the first look show that pointed out that uh, they're on pace to allow uh, over a thousand yards passing more than the next worst team that we've ever seen in terms of passing defense. If that's the number, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, you can look to LA. I think people kind of have the misconstrued a little bit as a run first team. That's not necessarily true. I mean, their their coaching staff is the same. And last year, Jared Goff tied for the league lead in pass attempts. They're very sensitive to how they're playing in games. And what I mean by that is when they're down, they're not going to pound the run like the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to be a little more pass friendly and, you know, sometimes even approach league leading pass attempts. We know Seattle's going to score on whoever they play. I think this bodes well for Cooper Cup. And I'm actually pretty surprised to see them coming in with low ownership. That game has a monster total. And I thought these guys would be a little higher owned. So I'm certainly going to be playing some of them. Seahawks are on pace to allow 5,960 passing yards. Maybe they should draft another linebacker in the first round. (laughs) I say D-tackle. My vote's D-tackle. That is an absurd number right there. 
Kyle, 415 to Buffalo, 322 to San San Francisco, uh, 360 to Arizona, 249 to Minnesota, 315 to Miami, 472 to Dallas, 397 to New England, the only game that Cam Newton has had solid passing performance, and 450 to Atlanta. That's what we've seen this season from their secondary, from their pass defense. Uh, well, actually, unfortunately, right? They don't. Do they have a first round pick this coming year? I don't. Did they? Oh, they traded it. You're right. So they can't even. They can't even waste it. They have eliminated themselves from wasting it. Um, yeah, no. This is just the the matchup of all matchups. And yeah, I'm I'm super surprised. I'm super surprised that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods aren't getting the trickle down effects of playing in what I think could easily easily be the best game of the slate. So I think whether you are running. Jared Goff, double stacks of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, who seem to be negatively correlated, but I also think that one of them could massively outproduce their seasonal average and the other one, like even just modestly underproduce. And that correlation still gets you there because you got an okay and an amazing performance and then another good one from Goff, that you're okay eating a little bit of potential negative correlation between those two, especially because I don't really, this tight end room doesn't do me any good, honestly, with this Rams team. So I think just either double stacking them with Goff or even using either one of them as a run back in Russell Wilson stacks, which like, Wilson not coming in, like I would have said he's the most popular quarterback of the slate, just looking at these Vegas totals, not coming in as that. So I think this is easy. Like you just play guys against Seattle and if they're going to be low owned, why are you not jamming them in? Like, I guess Cooper Cup kind of expensive at 6,900. Sure, you do forego some other awesome plays, like like a guy I love, 200 more for Keenan Allen. But I think when you get guys who are modest to low owned versus versus Seattle and then Russell Wilson as the stacking option isn't going to be the chalk of all chalks, like this is not the, it's not rocket science, guys. It's really not. Christian McCaffrey officially out. Damn. Oh, cool. I mean, not good. Sorry. I'm so sorry for the McCaffrey family. Not not good, but Mike Davis week. Cool. Did you just apologize to the McCaffrey family? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. The Max, of them. <laughs> Max and some other ones. They're all oh, in college yeah. football, man. One of them is yeah. coming back for Nebraska. What's that? Isn't one, one of them was a supposed XFL player. I think it was Max who was an uh, XFL player, but he never took the field, like didn't play or something. Shit, one is the quarterback of Nebraska. Better cool, hope Max cool, cool. doesn't yeah. see this, Kyle. No, I'm I'm so sorry. I when I said cool, that was uh, that was completely. You were happy off that he was rails. hurt. Yeah, you were happy <laughs> no, please, was... Max, Max, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's Max specifically. I'm scared of it. I don't know why. It's because he has an X in his last name or in his first name. It's scary. All right. Um, so, Matt, do you have any uh, pivots at wide receiver that we like here? There's so many options. We like obviously you guys all know that. But we try and give you at least a preliminary look to get you into the week, uh, knowing what's going to be likely very popular, barring any under, any unforeseen injuries or, or COVID, you know, reserve list, you name it. As of now, this is what we're seeing. Uh, anybody else at wide receiver that st- stands out to you that might be on the round? Yeah, I think I'm going to double down on your Tom Brady love by uh, giving some to Chris Godwin. Who comes yeah, I like in that too. Egre- egregiously cheap compared to what he's done in the past. Yeah. I mean, one game back from injury. It wasn't the best game. Obviously, Tampa Bay kind of just imploded. But Chris Godwin played. I think we can throw that game out the window. All, I, I really do. There was just it was completely uncharacteristic of anything we've seen all season. Go ahead. I agree with you 100%. And what we can hang our hats on is that Chris Godwin, he's out there 94% of snaps. He still ties for a team lead six targets. And sure, six targets isn't great. But like you said, we're not expecting Tampa Bay to play like that every single week. And it's a very cheap price we have for Godwin. I was just happy to see him retain his full-time role, even with Antonio Brown's insertion into the offense. 
80% reception rate. It was like 85% coming into the, to the, to last week where everyone struggled. Uh, I know Antonio Brown's in there. They have a lot of mouths to feed, but I really do think that if Chris Godwin was healthy all season long, he would absolutely lead this team in targets, Matt. Like he doesn't have a single game with less than six targets. Uh, and did you mention that? Or did you mention that he's been seeing, see, I, I, whatever. Uh, he hasn't seen a single game with less than six targets. Uh, and when he's played through all of them, you're seeing seven, nine, you know, target games. Uh, eventually you're going to get that blow up performance from Godwin. I like that. Kyle, anybody else that you think stands out before we talk tight ends here? Yeah, I think that is just a really good game to target. I didn't think Mike Evans, who I believe also saw six targets. Like these guys are going to probably. So I think the thing is last year, our, our conception last year was that they were so negatively correlated. And I believe there's probably some truth to that. But they are priced now at a point where they can have a middling performance and a good performance from Chris Godwin, and your price makes you okay from that. Whereas like 6.8K Chris Godwin and 7.5K Mike Evans, you could not afford to take a 15-point game from one of those guys. Like if you're getting a 15, 16-point game from one of them and a 35-point game from another, I think that's fine. So I think not only Godwin, but even Evans, who's been like pretty negatively correlated to the games Chris Godwin's been on the field, I think is certainly okay. Uh, like there's some other interesting spots. I think that's like the biggest one, though, is I think we talked about Robbie Anderson being good leverage off of Davis, potentially, if you're not playing him, or DJ Moore, who is higher priced. I think maybe one other interesting spot is – so we – Right now, I think we're going to see Ben Roethlisberger. Am I wrong? Because he has is the Stafford situation where he has the requisite days to clear protocol and hasn't returned any positive tests yet, right? Yeah, he was just a close contact of yeah, Ben exactly. McDonald, but never actually contracted it as far as we know. Yeah, yeah, he's they gonna, just made little smoochies on the plane. It's that, that's mean, it. So I'd be shocked if Ben doesn't play. Yeah, so because of that, Deontay Johnson at 5,200. Like, I'm just Love like, that. I am just. Going back to the pray to God he doesn't get injured because when he doesn't get injured, it is typically a big week. He has multiple double-digit target weeks. So, And I think this matchup even for Cincinnati is just a sneaky spot where Cincinnati passes a ton. That leads to generally like potentially high-scoring games. And Pittsburgh, although like we saw maybe not the best performance than most recently, has been a fine passing offense in their own right. I think they're just not getting the requisite ownership, especially on Deontay Johnson specifically, who like – I think he should be the highest priced receiver on this team by a significant margin. Chase Claypool is, is really good in fact, but like is 600 more and coming in with nearly the same ownership. I think Deontay Johnson just like continues to be, you play him, you hope he's healthy. And when he's healthy, you probably get a lot of targets. And I like that proposition. It's good enough for me. I love it. Uh, Deontay Johnson, like you said, several double digit target games and man, he can produce with them. Uh, ben Roethlisberger when healthy has looked his way Early and often, I know Juju had a solid game last time out, but they literally abandoned the run for like two and a half straight quarters. Uh, the, here, here's, here's the last thing I'd say on Pittsburgh. They're coming back to Heinz Field after, and I'm going to say this, an embarrassing win. That was an embarrassing win. Yes. I, think, I think Mike Tomlin, if you asked him honestly, he would tell you that was an embarrassing win. Uh, and, you know, ultimately, they're going to score points against Cincinnati. I know these games can be hard fought, divisional games, you know, even – We've seen that dating back years, even when you know Andy Dalton was with them and, and they just weren't a good team at all. I'm not saying they are now, but they have some offensive firepower. Matt, maybe I'm crazy here, but I actually think this is one of those games that could see a sneaky amount of points with the way that Joe Burrow has, has found ways to produce. But ultimately, Deontay Johnson's price point and ownership, 
James Conner's ownership coming off of that big bust week. We haven't seen a huge game yet, but you know there's 20-plus touch potential. Maybe this game shouldn't be flying under the radar as much as it is. And I think Kyle pointed out the biggest factor here. It's Deontay Johnson. We've seen the Bengals stay competitive against a number of difficult defenses. They've played the Browns twice. They scored 30 points at least in both of those games. They played the Colts, who have one of the better defenses in the league. They scored 27 points. It's really just that bad game against Baltimore where they only put up three where they couldn't produce. So Joe Burrow has been able to move the ball almost regardless of opponent. And it's they're playing super fast. That leads to a lot of opportunities for all of the offensive skill players. They're one of the fastest teams in the NFL. They pass a ton. Obviously, that PPR value is valuable across positions as well. So I do think Cincinnati can keep it up, and it is a sneaky shootout spot. It's a great point. 33 points against Jacksonville, too. 23 against Philly. Yeah, it's a good point. They're scoring points for sure. All right, let's talk tight ends. Before we do, uh, you guys know what's coming up. It's the Masters, and we've got uh, an incredible amount of content. Just a booyah base. Look that one up Um, (laughs) of content across the site, not just for PGA, but for everything else. And we've got an amazing promo code that you can check out. It is Augusta, A-U-G-U-S-T-A, A-U-G, A-U-G-U-S-T-A. Oh man, it's a struggle this morning. That'll get you half off everything on the site, not just PGA. It's the Awesome Up Plus Platinum Weekly. So it'll get you NFL, PGA, MMA, UFC, you name it, all of that for half off. If you use the promo code Augusta at checkout, look, if you don't want to do that, if you want to go something even more in your budget, you can, for $3.95 a week, you can get all of the, uh, you get the NFL Express package, which is all the showdown content, the Express Top Stack Tool, the Express Lineup Builder, the rankings, and a lot more. That's for four bucks a week. But I'm telling you, if you're going to take advantage of anything, if you missed out on the pumpkin promo, um, use Augusta as the way to get in the door and do it cheap. It expires on the 13th of November. That's Friday. You got a couple days to make it happen, but do it now, man. There's nothing to lose here. Use the promo code Augusta, get everything on the site for half off. That includes Alex Baker, you know, number one ranked player in the world, his ownership, his, his player projections, his top stack tool, um, the uh, everything. Oh, and last thing I'll say here before we move on, we have an all new tool over at Osimo, and it is right in time for the Masters. This tool is called the, P- the uh, PGA Pros tool, uh, the PGA Pro tool. Check it out. You're looking at, I think it's ownership and exposure and everything that some of our guys, like Alex and Ben and some of our top guys, Jason Roslin, what they're doing, that's free today. So is the NFL DFS Big Board. Go to awesome.com slash join. You want to check out the free content in the process, do that as well. But remember, use that promo code Augusta. You got till the 13th. I would do it today, though, because you got the Masters coming up. Why not take advantage of that content? All right, um, Kyle, tight ends. There's, there's there's not a lot here. I don't think we need to spend a, t- a lot of time here. So I'll just ask you quickly about the chalk that we're seeing, uh, you know, being Darren Waller again. And maybe you could throw Austin Hooper in there. He's getting around 14%. And then maybe a pivot that you have because it's pretty spread out here. Yeah, I get the Darren Waller thing. Like, he is the only tight end you can feel good about paying up for. He hasn't had, like, explosive games in recent weeks. But, like, the Denver defense is hampered right now. At least last week they are out without both their top corners. Not sure if they're getting them back. And we don't have Travis Kelsey on this slate. We don't have George Kittle for probably the rest of the season. So I get why the Darren Waller chalk is there. I think it's fine. I think it's another spot where it's okay to eat the chalk because he offers you so much more than 
the entire field at tight ends, essentially. It's more about finding correlations. You got to get kind of ugly and find someone to play on Denver because I don't want to just do what the field is doing. I'd rather profit more from the correlation with the Jerry Judy or whomever. So that's fine. I get it. Austin Hooper, like, catch me dead for him playing Austin Hooper. I ain't, I ain't playing no Austin Hooper for a run-first Browns team who is at home who could easily beat Houston. Like, we saw, like, Houston come close with, like, Jacksonville or whatever. And, like, even when they had Austin Hooper on the field, he wasn't their unquestioned number one tight end. Like, we saw in the first week, I think it was, like, David Njoku and Harrison Bryant both got involved. Harrison Bryant now having a stretch of, like, getting at least a decent amount of usage for a rookie. I think he's not going to be the one eight or he's not going to be the one tight end. He'll probably be like a one a tight end on a team that doesn't even want to throw the football. And when they do, they're not always that efficient. Like it's so easy to fade 30, like 3,914% owned Austin Hooper. I think that's just uh, a, a process fade essentially. Dallas Goddard for 300 more is actually his team's number one wide receiver based on the two weeks we saw him, which is a tiny sample. I think Travis Fulgham is probably at this point, the number one receiver, but could he come in, in the league? And- maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I'm telling he's, you, I love that guy so much. He's good, dude. It's it's so cool because he is like a multi-time practice squad player or whatever, comes out of nowhere and is just like straight balling. And it's not like, it doesn't seem to be a fluke. Dallas Goddard probably comes back to be the number two receiver on this team because frankly, like without Fulgham, they had like an injured Jalen Rieger, a old and dusty Deshaun Jackson, an old and dusty Zach Ertz. So it made sense that Dallas Goddard stepped up and led the team in targets, catches, receptions. I believe he was tied in receiving touchdowns through two weeks. So I think he comes back to probably more of a number two role, but how many tight ends other than Darren Waller on this slate are going to be the number one receiver on this team? Most of them won't even be the number two. He's only 4,200. Like I think at his ownership, which is just inside the top five, I believe it's number five right now, you could get a potentially number one or more likely number two receiver on a team that has actually looked pretty good passing as of recently. Like I know to start the season, they kind of looked ugly, but Carson Wentz is looking fine now. You've got a good passing team, a high volume tight end at modest ownership. Like he's so like, I would play him 10 times out of 10 over Ross Newbert. Never even crossed my mind. Not even, not even a question. And, you know, factor into the first two weeks of the season, Dallas Goddard was the top target for Carson Wentz. Yep. That is before the emergence of the goat, Travis Fogum, of course. But at the same time, I think you're right in saying that there's no doubt Dallas Goddard could come into this game and be, what do you expect more, more, more touchdown equity for Goddard or Hooper? Uh, and, and more targets for Goddard or Hooper. I think both of them go to Goddard. I'm with you. Uh, I'll throw Evan Ingram into the mix, Matt, and then toss this over to you, let you finish the position out. Uh, Evan Ingram has been targeted 9, 10, and 10 times over his last three games. I'll keep it very simple here. Daniel Jones has been a better passer recently. Uh, Evan Ingram has the athleticism to get downfield and make some big plays, right? He has, ma- he has several receptions north of 20 yards, uh, and finally got into the end zone. It wasn't a rushing score this season. At 4,500, his 3% ownership against the Eagles also stands out to me. So Kyle goes tight end for the Eagles. I'll go on the opposite side in the same game. Evan Ingram at a pretty comparable price point. What do you have? I can't stop playing Hunter Henry. Every single week, so tough. I play Hunter Henry, and he throws a touchdown to Gabe Neighbors or Donald Parham or Tyron Johnson. Hunter I mean, Hunter. Green. Oh, my God. It's, Joe Reed got a little uh, handoff inside the five, the one game. Oh, man. And it's like Hunter Henry is seeing fantastic volume for a tight end. He has an 18.5% target share. He's seen seven targets at least in six out of eight games. And then he only has one one game below four targets. So the volume for Hunter Henry is fantastic. He's just scored only one of four touchdowns to the tight end position. And, I mean, one touchdown on this Chargers team, which is just living in the red zone, 
it's tough to see, man. But I think what this bodes well for, people are starting to get sick of him and not realize, you know, the volume is still there. They continue to play him. His price continues to fall. And now we're actually seeing the ownership fall with it. So I'm going to go back. And I think it's a nice leverage spot. It's interesting. You look at his first four games, right, Matt? Look at this, his long reception, 33, 22, 16, 29. His last four games, 8, 11, 13, 11. I have no explanation other than it might not neighbors. mean anything. Yeah. Var- variance, just, variance, baby. It's all variance. It, it, it certainly could be. I, I try to figure out ways to explain things away. Mike Williams. Um, what's that? Yeah. Like, again, uh, that's actually again, a reasonable know. answer. That's he a reasonable was hurt answer. during that span where you yeah, were talking yeah, exactly. about the long receptions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the answer to it, but it is, it's definitely a, a, a pretty rapid ch- shift in, in what we've seen. Who knows? Maybe it is variance. I'd like to see if he's being targeted downfield, though, and I don't know. I, I haven't looked into that. All right, guys, let's wrap it up here with our top stacks. We have the top stack tool. I told you about that at Awesome. If you guys want to follow along, if you're already premium subs, uh, and if you ever have questions, hop into our premium Slack chat. Uh, we always see them and, and are happy to answer them as well. That's part of the subscription, really any subscription. But right now, the top stack probability, well, we give you top stack probability, then the projected stack ownership, and then the value. You can weigh all of these against each other to make some really smart plays and potentially some smart pivots. Green Bay has the highest top stack probability right now, Matt, at 13%, with quarterback projected ownership at 9%. Um, That's pretty interesting to me because I could really see this game going one of two ways. Aaron Rodgers lights it up with the aerial attack. Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, maybe even Robert Tanyan have huge games or Aaron Jones scores three of their four touchdowns? Honestly, I think it's coming in with such high ownership because of the implied team total. Uh, It's similar to like the Chiefs. What is it, 33 still or something crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's massive. And obviously this is going to make every single Green Bay player project very well. I'm guessing that's why they come up so well in the top stacks tool. But it's not without reason to. I mean, you look at these matchups and we want to just, let's take a basic stat, like yards per attempt allowed. Jacksonville's the worst in the league. If we look at yards per rush attempt allowed, Jacksonville's below average. So, yep. I mean, it's going to, Aaron Rodgers is going to come out well. Devontae Adams, of course, is going to come out well. And I think it makes a lot of sense there, the top stack. The only thing I could see getting away from them is you have that 9% ownership. You're still gaining some leverage based on our tool, but it is a lot. It is a lot. Um, again, I just think this game could go a number of different directions. They have one guy that's really good on the ground, and then one player along with the quarterback that is maybe the most lethal tandem in the league. What are your thoughts here at the top, Kyle? Green Bay, 13%, and then Arizona and Buffalo are the three teams with double-digit top stack probabilities. All of them almost have identical projected ownership right now in that low 9% range. That's Rodgers, Kyler Murray, and Josh Allen. Yeah, I think if I were to pick, I guess, of the two games we have because two of these teams are facing each other, I'd frankly I'd rather go like the Buffalo-Arizona because I see two quarterbacks who can put points on the board. And, like, I get it. Like, Jake Lutton didn't look bad, but he's still like a, you know, a day three backup quarterback who didn't have much acclaim coming out of college. Like, it seems like versus Green Bay, like, I, I don't trust him to compete with Green Bay and make that a game that we are targeting both sides of the ball in a back-and-forth wild-scoring affair whereas Arizona Buffalo has the opposite vibe where two quarterbacks who can break long runs and throw long passes and absolutely annihilate their opposing defenses. Buffalo's defense, absolutely not what it was like in years past. And Arizona's defense, I'm not afraid of either, especially when two quarterbacks are so good that frankly defenses wouldn't even matter. 
So I think both of these sides are maybe the sides I'd prefer to go. I think you can still play Green Bay as one-offs. I think that's fine. I would still focus on the correlating them with Jacksonville. It's just I don't want to put all of my salary and a lot of my positions of an individual lineup in a game that I think has reasonable chances to like hit an under or just have one side be on the side of a blowout. I think I'm really confused. Why isn't Seattle versus Los Angeles getting more pub? Like it's Russell Wilson. It's the presumptive MVP. He's not even like egregiously priced on DraftKings. This is the spot that feels like the pivot of all pivots to me. I love it. And I don't disagree with you whatsoever. Uh, let's close it out with one of our favorite pivots. We just got it from Kyle. Matt, who do you have here? Any team that you think could be in the mix to put up some really big numbers from not just a team, but a game perspective. We, we like to do this each week and it's fun to see, honestly, if we hit on it, uh, it's fun. It's, it's very fun to see if we nail that, that, that game stack that's low on, because when you do, you're going to have a fantastic week. Uh, who do you have? Yeah, so we talked a lot about Tampa Bay. I actually like the other side of this game, too. I think you could honestly run stacks on both sides. You could run Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, to Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore. And then we already talked a lot about Chris Godwin. He'd be my favorite run back, and he's also my favorite option if you decide to stack the Tampa Bay side with Tom Brady. And I think there's a lot of people moving away from that game when we could see a high-scoring total. What do you guys think about Philadelphia getting reinforcements back in this offense? Um, I'm just – I have such – I'm so gun shy on them because in all of their good spots this year, they've disappointed. They're, think, they're fine. They're fine. Right. Yeah. That's really, I guess the only reason I mentioned is because Rieger's back Fulgham, you have Goddard, like they're starting to get reinforcements, but I still just don't have a ton of faith in them whatsoever. So uh, I'll say this much similar to what you were saying, uh, Kyle, about just teams going on their own right now, but having uh, higher top stack chances, the Chargers are in the same neighborhood as Seattle. Like their top stack probability, we have it is twice as high as their ownership. And it, it look, it makes sense. Why not? Justin Herbert's been slinging the ball every opportunity he has. Uh, another 42 attempts last game. He's gone 40 plus attempts in three straight games. Uh, he's going to throw, he's going to throw, look, he's, he's throwing touchdowns too. These aren't just empty yards, right? Three plus touchdowns in four of his last five. If you ask me, sure, Miami has played solid football. The Chargers have to travel west to east, and I know that is concerning for some people. We saw the, the we saw the Rams struggle in that environment against Miami just a few weeks back. So that's not lost on me. But if they're going to be 3% owned and none of these guys outside of Allen are getting any attention, uh, I'm willing to, to pay it some. Last thing before we head out, guys, we are doing a monster giveaway. If you haven't, if you haven't signed up for this, it's the easiest, like seriously, just go and do it right now at awesome underscore com on Twitter. We're giving away $1,000 value, awesome plus platinum yearly pass. All you have to do is follow the directions on the pin tweet at awesome underscore com. Pick who you think wins the Masters. Uh, so you'll have a little additional sweat there going on outside of DFS, outside of your bets. Pull in $1,000 yearly awesome plus platinum pass, all sports included. Guess it right, random winner picked. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. Plus you could win thousand dollar package, which is pretty incredible itself. Follow Kyle while you're over there at Kyle tweets here, Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski, myself at Lafay underscore D and awesome at awesome underscore com. And remember, you can check out all the shows on any platform where podcasts are available. If you don't want to do it on YouTube, but hopefully if you want to stick around, see us here tomorrow, myself 
and uh, Matt Savoca breaking it down game by game. And these guys with a FanDuel breakdown tomorrow afternoon. We'll see you back here on the Awesome Strategy Show. <laughs>